It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Can an NFL quarterback throw for 6,000 yards in a season? Helmets off is on. Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Helmets Off. A lot of fun things to talk about today, of course, with the added game. So there's 17 now. Is it likely that a quarterback could could throw for 6,000 yards? Or is there someone there that could possibly do it? Uh, I don't think a lot of people thought anyone could throw for 5,000, let alone 4,000 and even 3,000, but they did. So we're going to talk about that today. Also, um, when Charlie Brewer showed up at the University of Utah and looked so great during spring football, I think it was a foredrawn conclusion who the starting quarterback uh, was going to be, but not so fast, folks. And, of course, uh, speaking of quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick in the draft, a guy everyone thinks is one of those generational talents, is possibly not going to be the starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars on day one. And is that Urban Meyer? Is that a surprise? Is that what? Well, I'll tell you what it is uh, in just a minute. Anyways, thank you for tuning in. We got a great show. Uh, Let's get at it. So right off the bat here, People are throwing out this idea of someone in the NFL, a quarterback, throwing for 6,000 yards in a season, and is it possible? So Peyton Manning has the record for a season, which is 5,400 yards, and a player would have to throw somewhere in the neighborhood of about uh, 350 yards on average in a game. And and if you actually, if you extrapolate Peyton Manning's percentage out, with that extra game, he would have thrown for for fifty eight hundred yards in one season. So you're only with you're within two hundred yards over a season. It's like it's almost an extra completion a game. I mean, it's it's insane how how little uh, of a margin that would be, and it's certainly certainly within the realm of the possibility. And probably if someone got close, they would probably push to to break that record i mean six thousand yards in a season is an insane amount here's why it's totally doable to start with you do have the extra game so is it really an amazing feat yeah it's still i mean it's still really hard to to throw for six thousand yards considering that uh, peyton manning's records actually stood for quite some time and even before that uh, Dan Marino throwing over 5,000 yards in a season stood for quite a long time. So even with the extra game, yeah, it's 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 it would be quite quite a, a record. But here, here's what I think is why it makes sense and could actually happen: the rule changes that clearly throughout the history of the NFL has continued to favor offense. It's continued to favor more explosive offense. It's continued to evolve the passing game almost to the point where running the football is almost obsolete in the NFL. 
gone are the days of, you know, your feature back in your offense. And it's really running back by situation. It's running in a sense to maybe keep people honest. Most running backs are do, you know, they're multifaceted where they can catch passes out of the backfield. And really it's just, uh, how do we get uh, the hands in a lot of these guys? I think of Alvin Kamara and some of some of these other guys, uh, even uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, who's a great runner. But uh, you know, uh, Saquon Barkley could be a dinosaur at a very young age, which is weird to say. And he's a great talent. But uh, offenses are clearly geared to passing. You get wide receivers, tight ends consistently drafted in the first round you can see that there's a lot of value on on those skill players and there's a lot of them I mean college football went from the wishbone to now the spread offense and that that's kind of all the rage so lots of wide receivers lots of really good wide receivers are getting drafted so you've got you've got rules uh, that limit defenses you and not only it's like what they can do it's also like hitting players including quarterbacks and you have guys that uh, are, are likely to stay in games longer they're going to be healthier longer and they're going to have which means more of an opportunity in each and every game to win now is it going to be the guy who is on the very best team i don't think so i don't think it's necessarily going to be a guy like patrick mahomes uh, it could be, but the problem if you're on a really good team is you're usually beating everyone, and and so the games are close. When you're when you're fighting and you're on a bad team, and you know you're constantly down to the wire trying to you know win games. I know a lot of NFL games go down to the wire, but it, a lot of times you know there there are games that they win handily, and they may pull back on the reins late in a game. So. I don't know that it's going to be the guy on the very, very best team. Now, Dan Marino in 1984, that was, that was clearly, he was, went on to a Super Bowl. Peyton Manning went to a Super Bowl. So, you know, maybe, maybe it's likely. I just think, I say this because I think it's going to have to be someone who stays in a game and almost gets garbage, garbage yards late, even though the, the, the team's not going to win. So they're, they're constantly throwing the football. It could be a guy like Matthew Stafford was in Detroit where they weren't winning a lot of games, but man, he was throwing for a bazillion yards, not on a really good football team. And, and that, that certainly um, has the potential of doing it. So it's, it's probably going to be a guy. I mean, everyone says oh, it's probably be like a guy like Patrick Mahomes. And he certainly has the capability of doing it and the talent to do it. But, you know, it could be someone on, you know, I mean, it could even be like Aaron Rodgers and, and not that he, although I don't know how many offensive weapons he really has in, uh, in uh, Green Bay to do that. I mean, he was the, the MVP a year ago. But I, I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it would be like Matthew Stafford now where he's with the Rams, where they've got this really good, uh, defense, uh, and, and uh, you know, he's potentially a guy, or a guy like Justin Herbert, believe it or not, where he's on a young team kind of coming up a little bit, and uh, he, may, he may be a guy that actually, you know, does it. But, but I certainly, without question, think it's very possible and wouldn't be surprised if it, you know, happens 
relatively short in the in the sense that there's just so many guys. I mean, Kyler Murray is another guy. I mean, that that's almost a perfect team. He may be the best choice for a guy that could actually do this. Uh, he's got, you know, the guy can throw. He's got a lot of weapons. I don't know how great their team is. He's got a, a, a coach that wants to throw it every down. He's in a system that they could potentially do that. That absolutely somebody is is going to do this. And there's going to be a part of you go, wow, that's really remarkable. But another side of it's going to go, wow, the rules have really changed. And these uh, records certainly mean different things today than maybe they did uh, back in the days. I mean, in my time, th throwing for 3,000 yards in a season was an exceptional season. So now that's, that's certainly changed. All right, going to take uh, our first break here. Um, who's that darn quarterback going to be at the University of Utah? Uh, it appeared to be... Hmm. kind of a no-brainer and maybe it is a brainer now don't touch that dial we'll be right back all right welcome back folks uh helmets off uh, scott mitchell your host here and of course uh college football is right around the corner these uh training camps for for colleges are in full swing and of course here in the in the state of utah a lot of new quarterbacks are getting broken in, especially at the University of Utah and, of course, at BYU. Zach Wilson was the second player drafted out of Brigham Young a year ago. Uh, Cam Rising uh, appeared on the scene at the University of Utah, and everyone just raved about this guy. Oh, he was amazing. He was great. He's so good in the locker room. He's such a team player. He's, he's just got that personality. And he wins the starting job. And, of course, he's injured, you know, right at the beginning of uh, last season, shortened season, and he was thrown into his first college football game against USC and was looking decent. You know, he didn't look bad early on, but um, he had a serious uh, shoulder injury, did not participate in spring football, and now he's uh, in a battle with Charlie Brewer, who came from Baylor, and Charlie Brewer was a phenomenal player at Baylor. And then he kind of fell off a year ago because they had a coaching change, whatever. And I, in, in my observation, looked really good in spring football and threw passes in the right location at the right time to the right people. Very, very impressed. And in my, in my, my thought was, this is the guy. And I was really excited about it because I think he would really change the dynamic of the Utah offense. And, I, and more of what's kind of happening in college football a lot more throwing a lot more explosive uh taking you know put, putting pressure on defenses being aggressive and, and so i was excited i was super excited about charlie brewer i don't know about cam rising i i don't know and so i kind of went through spring football went through the summer and then and then i interviewed coach whittingham during pac-12 media days and he right out of the gate and, and Kyle's an interesting guy because he likes to hold it close to his vest, but he also likes, he kind of can't keep things in either. And he'll tell you with kind of out tell or without saying anything kind of in the way he, the way he speaks about things. And the reason is, is because he's an honest person and, you know, he's a, he's a principled person. So you ask him a question, he's going to try to answer it without answering it, but he doesn't, he's not going to lie to you. It's just, it's just not in his nature. So his first response was, no, this is not a no-brainer. 
Uh, Cam Rising was tremendous for us before he got injured. He's been tremendous. He's got a great work ethic. He's got a great attitude and he's looked great. He's a hundred percent healthy and he's raring to go. And you're, and so I, I was kind of shocked by that in that I, I really expected more praise on Charlie Brewer and more, but it, but it wasn't that way. These coaches today have it tough. They have it tough because I think the generation of players is, is not used to, well, you know, if you don't start, then you suck it up and you figure out a way to work hard and have a good attitude and wait for your time. And this generation is like, well, no, I'll just go somewhere else because of the transfer portal or I'm, I'm not waiting for anything. And a lot of these players have been so good and, and they're used to never not playing. They're, it's like, no. I, and, and then they see a lot of these players come, coming into college football and they play early. These quarterbacks play as freshmen. Not uncommon. So if they're not the guy, they're going to go. And, and that puts you in a predicament as a coach because you're like, well, who's our backup? I mean, if, if this guy isn't going to start, he's out the door. So there's these competitions that go on. And you hear the coaches say, every position is up for competition. And I'm like, well, why do you hold guys out then? Why do you hold out your star players? So it's not necessarily true. Uh, and I say that in that I think these coaches know who they want as their player. And it really sounds like Coach Whittingham wants Cam Rising to be the starting quarterback for Utah. And I have to tell you, I'm surprised by it. I, if it happens, I will be surprised by it only because Charlie Brewer is a proven commodity. He's a known commodity. And you know that you're going to get a lot of uh, good football play out of Charlie Brewer. And when you've got Cam Rising, he's still, he's still got to develop. So you're going to go through bumps and bruises with him this season. And this really might be the best chance that Kyle Whittingham has ever had to win a Pac-12 championship. And there are a lot of people that like Utah behind the scenes, media, coaches, because of Charlie Brewer. And so it's, it's a little shocking to me if he's not the guy. But I'm not there every day, and I'm not coaching it, and I'm seeing it from a, a different level and perspective. So, you know, I don't watch every practice rep. I don't know the personalities. I don't know how the team responds to these players. But I do know one thing. Practice is not going to tell you everything. It's when they line up and they show up. And the good thing for Utah this year is they, they have – non-conference games to where they can get a feel for things. Whereas a year ago, boy, they were just thrown into the fire. I really like this Utah football team. And this quarterback position, in my opinion, is massive. It's massive to the success of this team. So if it's Cam Rising, you know, he's got to figure out a way to play and to play very well and at a high level from day one. And, and we'll see how that goes. Um, you do not want to have two quarterbacks. You just don't. And I've heard that come out of say out of all of this. And and you just you do not want to have you do not want to have that 
have that happen. I still, and I'm going to stick by my guns. I just would be surprised if Charlie Brewer isn't the starter. I just would. Hey, it's time for another break. We'll be back in just a minute. Uh, but should Trevor Lawrence be sitting on the bench? I mean, this is a generational talent. What the heck is Urban Meyer? I'll give you my thoughts when we come back. All right, folks, welcome back. Uh, final segment of Helmets Off today. And, of course, uh, Urban Meyer. I love this, by the way. Urban Meyer was at Trevor Lawrence Pro Day, right? And, and how it normally works is you have the head coach or all the coaches and all the personnel people. They're back behind the action about 15 yards or more. Or they're off on the side kind of looking. Not Urban Meyer. Trevor Lawrence, pro day, he's right under center. He's right in the middle, like he's coaching Trevor Lawrence. And I saw that. And the minute I saw that, I said, Urban Meyer is going to draft Trevor Lawrence, and he's already treating him as if he is his quarterback. Urban Meyer loves quarterbacks. Urban Meyer loves offense. Urban Meyer loves to coach quarterbacks. And he's done a tremendous job. You have Alex Smith. Uh, you have um, you have uh, Tim Tebow, and you have all the quarterbacks he coached at Ohio State, and quite frankly, they all look the same and play the same. But he's been an offensive-minded coach. He really has. I mean, he's he's just you know he's he's good at that. So he he's gonna he's gonna have this rapport with with these quarterbacks, and so a lot of people are like, why would you not? put Trevor Lawrence in day one. And I, I'm kind of 50, 50 on it. Cause I've seen a lot of guys. Well, I've seen a lot of guys go in and I, and I've seen a lot of guys really struggle. And I really think it's a lot of the personality of the guy where it, it, it it's a hard thing to describe, but your, your brain goes a certain way when you're still trying to figure things out. When you're a young player, you're not totally confident in what's going on. You're not really seeing everything. You think of Sam Darnold going, man, I'm seeing ghosts out there. And that's a real thing to, to some of these players. And they get thrown into a situation. And a lot of times it's, it's on teams where they don't have a, a, a veteran savvy quarterback that can kind of show them like the ropes and Zach Wilson at the Jets that scares me that terrifies me uh Trey Lance with the 49ers that's a great situation because he'll get to watch and and he'll just see and he'll see it from a close perspective meaning he's on the sidelines he's in he's in uh he's in the meetings he's in the preparation and he sees how the guy handles things. He's, and, and you watch the film and you watch and you study and you see someone doing it right in front of you. Whereas if you're a guy that doesn't have anybody, man, it's a long learning curve. And with, and with a lot of people, it's almost um, detrimental that they don't have someone to kind of help them figure it out. Most teams you'll see with a young quarterback, early draft pick, 
they have an older veteran guy that just says, hey kid, you're a little frust, you know, a little frustrated right now, a little overwhelmed, seeing some some ghosts. Let me let me walk you through this. Let me talk you off the ledge here. And and kind of having that time, and some guys it takes a little bit more time, and some guys it doesn't take as much time. And really the only way to figure it out is to get on the field and play, but you want to be on the field playing in the right frame of mind. I don't know how good Jacksonville is this year. Offensive lines, a question mark, playmakers, question mark. And, and that's just a recipe for frustration, futility, and probably injury. And, and you don't want that. You really don't. And, and, and this could be Urban Meyer pulling back the reins to say, I, I, I want to protect this guy for the next 15 years. And, and that, that's just a common thing. And, and, and it may be, it may be um, partway through the season. I mean, he could start day one. But you have a guy, Gardner Minshew, you know, he's not, he's only been around a couple of years, but he's been around. And he's kind of seen the ropes. And, and he's a guy that kind of is, is, a, is a good kind of calming influence. Because he's a guy that, you know, doesn't get too worked up about things, kind of has a different vibe to him. And he's, and it's, it's a helpful, it's a helpful situation. So really, I think Urban Meyer had, there's no question in my mind, I could see in his eyes when he was working out Trevor Lawrence at his pro day, that that was, that was Urban Meyer's guy. And it, and it is his guy. And Urban Meyer is, he's, he's a coach that's an offensive minded coach and he's going to protect his quarterback. And I really believe that's 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 a lot of what's going on here. And the question is just at what point will Trevor Lawrence go in and probably never come out again? I mean, that's that's just just the way it is. And I like Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to be amazing. But he may be the guy that you see the latest of, of most of these quarterbacks drafted this year. All right. Helmets off. Uh, well, it's now off. Thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook at the Helmets Off Podcast, Twitter at the Helmets Off Show. And until then, we will see you then. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.